Hi, this is the Rack Recovery. We are here today. I've got my co-host. Ryan. And this Hi. is Ryan. And this is Angie Meadows. And we are glad that you're here with us. We're doing lesson eight, um, The Wounded Heart out of the Torment and Bind book. Here, show them the book. Uh, we got it published now. It's Rock of Recovery, Overcoming Torment. Um, we also have the anxiety one from the last series. If you guys want the anxiety book, there it is. If you want the PDFs, it's on my website, enablersjourney.com. You can just print them off for your groups. Uh, there's rules in the back for the moderators to follow for small group rules. And let's get started. Right. So I'm going to screen share. If you're on the YouTube, Angie G. Meadows, you'll be able to see that. If you're on the podcast, you can look it up later. So we're talking about a wounded heart today, Ryan. And I, I don't know how you think about this, but I feel like uh, this wounded heart, this being offended, we've just finished uh, a bunch of lessons on how not to be offended. But I really think um, being offended is a wounded heart and offense means we're gonna stumble. Yeah. So we wanna talk about what to do with this emotional wound. And this lesson tells us the cycle of a wounded heart, which is literally the addiction cycle. Okay. Uh, if you look at this, you'll see that how when you're in addiction, you go all the way around this cycle before you relapse. Yes. And so what we want to do is we want to head that off at the pass. So this lesson is going to talk about the wounded heart. The next one, make sure you listen to the next one. It's going to be all the scriptures and all the principles about how to recover from this wounded heart. Okay. So first, we're going to start with an emotional wound. And then when we're in the addiction cycle, it's, we're going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. We're going to get bitter. Oh, and self-pity, that's my big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and then we're going to feel helpless and chained. We're going to be an emotional mess. And that's that emotional uh, sobriety that we need to learn how to get later uh, in the next couple of lessons. And then we get depressed and then we get that tormented thinking. So kick us off with the introduction there, Ryan. All right. Um, first, we are going to evaluate what caused our wounds. Next, we will analyze each developing stage of festering wound. We will identify how to change from being emotionally ruled and explore how to take control of our lives by detaching from people and emotions that are not safe. Recovering ourselves from a wounded heart is a simple shift in our thinking. It is not easy, but simple. Discovering our wounds and facing them can feel like a turbulent sea. You may need a support person to explore this with you. Do not give up. Our recovery from a wounded heart comes next. Yeah, so we're going to recover from this wounded heart and, and we're gonna do it one day at a time, one step at a time. So we, first we wanna identify what that wound is. And, and, and he's got wounds that he can identify that started his vicious cycles. And I've got wounds. My wounds, I feel, are, are like rejection and, and feeling abandoned, uh, feeling neglected, not, not being emotionally um, undergirded, affirmed, yeah. like I would have felt like I needed. And so I want to identify the wound. And, and you're going to have a new wounds that's going to look like your old wounds that's going to make the new ones intensified. So any un unresolved emotional wounds uh, is the first step until we identify this wound or the guilt that drives this self-destructive pattern of thinking and behaviors, it's gonna be difficult to find lasting peace. Yeah. And peace is that weapon that's going to overcome anxiety. So a man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed and wounded spirit who can bear in Proverbs 18, 14. 
you want to work on the wound identifier? Wound identifier. We're going to list all my wounds, the guilt. Are they in the past, current, or ongoing? We're going to list unsafe people and environments. Are they in the past, current, or ongoing? Next, we're going to, uh, we're going to list which people need firm boundaries. And we're going to list which people do I need to avoid altogether. And then uh, so we're going to list the semi-safe people who can visit for short periods of time after emotional detaching from them. And last, we're going to list the people who make you crazy <laughs> and need to be avoided for sure. Yeah, they're crazy makers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so I love lists. Uh, they help me see what's black and white. And then I can identify my crazy makers by their past behaviors and lies. And I can set up boundaries so I don't get sucked into their game. Because one of the things that causes me to relapse into my little self-pity cycle is crazy makers. Uh, you know, being pulled back into their emotional games. Oh, yeah. um, so if I don't feel free to write to to write in a journal, because I want to be able to write and express this, that I want to I don't want to keep it stuffed down in my subconscious. I want to bring it up. I want to process it. Absolutely. So if I don't feel free to write, uh, then I want you to start journaling this in your head. I yeah. want you to start kind of putting things on one side and then on the other side and start looking at them so you can visualize this. And then you can step back from these emotions and the chaos and you can discover the facts. Yes. So number two, Ryan. Uh, Number two, we're overwhelmed. A thought of feeling that overpowers me with grief, feeling, guilt, or shame. This causes us not to trust ourselves. The cords of death entangled me. The, tor the torrents of destruction, floods of ungodly men overwhelmed me, made me afraid. Psalm 18, 4. Yeah, there's a lot of ungodly stuff that happens that makes us afraid. Isn't yeah, there? that's right. That's right. Yeah. So when we get overwhelmed, I want you to think about it. When you're overwhelmed, what emotion is that? What emotion are you feeling? What's um, what's causing you like that chokehold? Mm. What circumstances are around it? What's making you fearful? If you can identify what's making you fearful, then you can start realizing what you need to process and maybe what's from the past that's triggered you. So what causes your anxiety? Is there a certain position of a certain person or a certain a thought that a recurring thought that you're having that makes you anxious anxious and what makes you angry and was there one traumatic event that began my imbalance and made me feel overwhelmed so what i find ryan is that my anxiety my anger my fear all of that is exaggerated if i haven't dealt with what's in the past oh, absolutely magnified mm -hmm. yeah yeah that we, we yeah we do that we magnify everything we make a or i make uh, a mountain out of a molehill uh, mm -hmm. for the smallest thing because of just what has happened to me in the past and, and me um, me putting that towards what's happening to me right away and it could not it, it might not even be as bad as I thought I would just mm -hmm. magnify it because of, of the past mm -hmm. hurts right so what they're talking about is that emotions have memory uh, in the brain science now they're talking about that and so if we have not processed old emotions and brought them up and dealt with them now when a new emotion hits us that feels like that it could be about this big but it's going to trigger us into an avalanche oh absolutely so it's very important to get your sponsors to get your friends to get your support groups to start dealing with this now here's some emotional responses to a wound do i stay in bed do I get moody and withdrawn? Do I start fantasy thinking, daydreaming, attempting to escape reality? What does my self-talk say when circumstances are beyond my control? Does my thinking become obsessive? 
that that definitely happens and mm -hmm. does this trigger my substance use disorder yeah so yeah. if my thinking becomes obsessive that's yes. a real key that i've dropped into the flesh that i've taken my eyes off the lord that i'm looking at um the deceitfulness the riches the cares of the world i i've i've lost my balance yeah Okay, so if we can identify this destructive thinking, we can interrupt the behaviors that follow by changing our thinking. Mm -hmm. So let's do bitterness. Okay, bitterness, marked by intensity and severity of physical and emotional suffering. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin, Acts 8.23. The one with abusive behaviors is not usually safe to confront. Then my stomach churns and I develop relentlessness and, and I cannot sleep soundly. Unnecessary harshness for me causes more bitter responses from others. We must learn to process this bitterness and push it outside of us and not identify with it or it will eat us up from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bitterness, uh, you know, it, it's talking right here. It says, you know, if, if you're full of bitterness, now you're going to be captive mm. to sin. Yeah. So you need to recognize when you're bitter. And um, I, I know that I get bitter if I've gotten angry and I've heard myself rationalizing while it was my right to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it turns to bitterness really quick. Yeah. And if I don't deal with it, it can go to hatred. Yeah. I mean, it can go from unforgiveness to bitterness to hatred real quick. And so I've got to go up, I, I back up, and I've got to take back that ground. So let's do the bitterness evaluation. What kind of bitternesses are in your life? Is it domestic violence? Is it a controlling spouse, parents, a boss, a smooth talking deception, uh, a person that's that's uh, con constantly manipulating you? Is it an irritating coworker, somebody that's emotionally unavailable, uh, emotionally unstable that you're having to deal with on a consistent basis? Mm -hmm. And so start looking at what things in your life are making you bitter. Okay, so what kind of behaviors do I do that increases circumstances of bitterness in my life? Manipulation, stubbornness, cursing, defiance against authority, frequent conflicts, complaining, arguing, lying, manipulating, gossiping, slandering, brooding, which just means like pouting, and acting moody. Whenever I do any of these, I'm increasing my bitterness. Yes. I'm, I'm literally feeding it so that it's getting stronger. Yeah. It's like, which, which dog do you feed? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whichever one you feed is the one that's going to be the strongest. Yeah. You want to read number three, self-pity? Okay. So on my own misfortunes, sufferings, and sorrows, I load my very life. Therefore, I will give free reign to my complaint upon myself and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. Job 10.1. When I first started identifying my self-pity, I was shocked at how much of it I indulged. The, the focus in my life was on the empty or destructive relationships and my resulting unmet needs. This would position me in a tailspin and bring up a legion of past wounds I had not resolved. This was a self-comforting behavior. Compassion or affirmation was greatly lacking from others in my life. So brooding and self-pity had become my dysfunctional friends. 
this response to my circumstances made me stagnant and perpetually immature. Thank you. Just for the fun of it, take one day and count the times you indulge self-pity, sulking, pouting, whining, and withdrawing. Yeah, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's amazing. I either I either wake up with the Lord or I wake up with my self-pity. Yeah. <laughs> and if I don't if I don't sit and get clean, because uh, in first in John fifteen three it says, "Now you are clean through the word that I've spoken to you." So we've got to get washed in the water of the word. I mean, there is uh, when they pierced Jesus' side. Uh, blood and the water came out well the water and the blood of course we know what that's for that's to cover all of our sins Mm -hmm. and and give us forgiveness but that water is a daily washing Mm -hmm. so i got to get in the presence of the lord every day but i got to know i'm dirty so here when i feel myself with this self-pity i can immediately think oh i'm dirty Hmm. What do you do when you're dirty? I, I take a bath. Yeah, take a bath. So, so whenever you're dirty, I want you to feel it. I want you to know that. Oh, wait, wait. Lucky here. I'm being stubborn. I'm cursing. I'm being. I'm arguing mm-hmm. with everybody else, and I'm not even mad at them. I just feel like arguing today. And I want you to know that that means you're dirty. Yeah. And so you go down here and you take a bath. You get into the Word of God, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to give free reign to my complaint, Lord. I'm going to speak to you out of the bitterness of my soul, because Moses did that. Moses complained, and and he was counted uh, the most humble man. And yet, uh, Miriam and Aaron complained, and Miriam was struck with leprosy and thrown out of the camp for a week. So you know, but she complained and and built an offense against Moses, against God's anointed. When Moses complained, he went straight to God and said, "Lord." I'm bitter. Look, you gave me all these people. What am I supposed to do with them? Right. And so I, I don't think, I think the word can handle our bitterness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just think we got to go to him. Yeah. And we got to be just completely honest. honest. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. the key. There it is, Lord. If you can make something of it, yeah. please do. Cause yeah. I'm stuck. Yeah. I can't do anything with it. it. It's suffering. It's making me suffer. Yeah. And what do we say that we do with suffering? We push it. Yeah. We push it outside of us. We don't identify with that anxiety, with that fear, with that self-pity, with that suffering. We move it on outside of us. So we don't want to be helpless and chained. And that's the next step. When we're going through this addiction cycle, looky here, we started with a wound. Okay. So we started with this unresolved emotional wound. Now this could have been gone on for just one day or it could have been going on for a decade and keeps coming back and poking you again and again. And then you feel overwhelmed. So every time you're overwhelmed, go back and start thinking about, okay, what's making me overwhelmed. Yeah. And then that bitterness hits. Self-examination. Yeah. And then we go into self-pity. Mm-hmm. And now we're helpless and chained. So now we're defenseless without support. So if trouble comes upon them, they are enslaved and afflicted in Job 36, 8. Recognition of this stage is easy. It's characterized by isolation, curled up on my bed, paralyzed to trust others, binging on comfort food, television, shopping, calling off work, sexual fantasies, and substance use. These behaviors tend to slow the racing thoughts of anxiety and helplessness. Our racing thoughts can spiral on a negative loop and keep us anxious. Others may have no cognitive thoughts about a primal exaggerated emotions with intense anger, grumpiness, or broody. So that's how you're going to know that they don't even have a thought as to what what happened to them, what got triggered. They're just all of a sudden going to be grumpy. 
So if you go home at night and you're grumpy and you don't know why you're grumpy, start going back through your day and yeah. thinking about what triggered me, yeah. what triggered me today? What, what did somebody say that set me out of balance? Man, I was having a good day. And what phone call did I answer that triggered it? So what things or circumstances make you feel helpless? Uh, and then we go into emotional mess. If we haven't taken care of this self-pity and we're helpless and chained right now, you know, we don't like to feel helpless. No. And so then we're going to, we're going to be in this emotional mess. You want to read that one? Yeah. Emotional mess. No peace in my life. Woe to me. The Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am worn. I am worn out with groaning and find no rest. Jeremiah 45, three. And then in this stage of carrying my wound alone, I go through the motions, but enjoy nothing. What problem is your peace hiding behind? Yes, because yeah. um, peace hides, hides behind our problems. Yes. So if I magnify a problem yep. in my life, mm -hmm. that's behind that's my peace. Right. <laughs> so I've got to get that problem down a little and I got to get my God magnified right. to where my God's much bigger than that problem. Yeah. So then I can have depression. So if you haven't dealt with this and you'll be moving into depression really quickly. And if you've been, um, uh, numbed with substance use, then when you start getting sobriety from chemical substances, you're going to find that depression's right underneath there. You're going to find all these behaviors, all these, all these issues, all this overwhelm, this helplessness, this feeling chained, this self-pity. You're going to find that underneath that when, when you start awakening to your emotions. And it's okay. Just I just want you to move through these emotions. I want you to feel them, but I don't want you to identify with them. I want them to write them down, express them, and get up and enjoy their day. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not get stuck there. It's okay. It's okay to have them. It's okay to process right. them, but it's not okay to let them have you. Just don't give them life. That's right. Right. So all the days of the oppressed are wretched. Proverbs 15, 15. This is a place where we realize this vicious cycle of mm. depravity will never end for us. Mm. We feel stuck. Yep. This face feels like death and there is sadness. So don't indulge this. Don't give this power. Right. Instead, I want you to say, no, God is good. He's good all the time. All and the time. I am not going to accuse him. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of a mystery this is. I don't know why I don't understand this, but I don't have to understand this. What I understand and what I know is that God's good. Yeah. And I, that's where I'm going to land every time. And if you don't land there, then of course you're going to be stuck mm -hmm. and you're going to hit that depression. So what disturbances are you experiencing that are characteristics of depression? Want to read those? Yeah. Are you having problems sleeping, loss of appetite, isolation, crying, anxiety, memory loss or poor concentration, racing thoughts, emotionally numb. Yeah. 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 So then we end up with torment yeah. and that's what this book's been about. Cause if we've got our anxiety and we didn't take care of it, now we're hitting torment and that torment's going to land us into suicidal thinking and yeah. to other problems that, that have been given life that doesn't need to be there. So we could be obsessing. We could lose our identity. See, oh Lord, how distressed I am. I am in torment within and in my heart I am disturbed. And there is only death in Lamentations 120, obsessing and completely losing our identity. Um, you want your identity to be in Christ. Yeah. Not in um, your emotions. Does that make sense? Yes. So if I am not corrected, if I'm not correcting myself, this can lead to chronic stress, chronic health issues, and of course can also lead to a mental breakdown and suicidal thinking and taking excessive prescription medications or substance use disorder just to cope with these emotions. These emotions are very painful. Mm -hmm. And so what you have to do is be able to say, mm, nope, 
they're there, but they're not me. And, and as you set with them, as you process them, as you, as you do this, you're going to start growing and, and, uh, finding new ways to cope. Yes. So here's the exercise. Okay. The exercise is identify what kinds of things, circumstances, uh, that make you feel bitter. This is easy to do. Listen to your complaints. Whatever you are grumbling about is what has made you bitter. Yep. Whatever you, yeah. Whatever you're grumbling about is what's made you bitter. So what are you grumbling about today? And as you start hearing yourself grumble, you'll be able to write those down. You'll be able to know exactly what you need to deal with. Mm -hmm. So the principle I want you to know is that wounds keep me bitter and emotionally immature. So I want you to take every wound and lay it on that altar of sacrifice and say, there it is, Lord. I'm, I'm going to praise you for what you're doing in my life through this. I'm, I'm going to look around and I'm going to help other people that have gone through this after you've helped me through this. Because yeah. I believe that's what he wants us to do. And, yeah. and, and Corinthians 3 and 4, he talks about, um, Paul talks about, um, you know, pressed down, shaken down without measure. Man, we, we despaired even unto death. So even here at the Apostle Paul saying, man, I, we, we wanted to die. We just wanted to die. But God comforted us and now we're going to comfort you. That's right. So I think the Lord wants us to comfort each other. So it is when we take control over our lives and say no more that healing can begin. First, I must admit that there's an imbalance and a need to heal. This step brings the light to the wounds which hold me back. In this phase, is it helpful for me to develop an internal dialogue? During these reflective moments, I am free to journal and feel all of my feelings and all of my thoughts. And I just want you to let it rip. Just say everything you ever want to say, every exaggerated things, and then just take it and sacrifice it to the Lord. Just make it a burn offering. <laughs> Give it all to him. Yeah, just shred it. Because yeah. a lot of times you don't want anybody else to read that. Right. And we don't want it anymore. That's yeah, we, we get rid of it. Right. We don't want it anymore. So you want to hit that conclusion? Okay. Well, I end the conclusion. Uh, processing my thoughts through reflective thinking develops the realization that these emotions may be intensely exaggerated. The mountain out of the molehill, right? Mm. If the abuse is active or if the one abusing me flips behaviors and pretends to be safe, I need the facts to empower me to protest by exercising my no muscle and distancing mm-hmm. myself from the abuse. Yeah, so a lot of times yeah. you're in abusive relationships and what you have to do is you have to recognize okay, when if that abuse is active, I need it it means to move. Yeah. To get moving to make some decisions to do something different. But if the person has flipped and they're pretending to be safe, then start making plans. Right. Okay, because this person's probably going to flip back, right? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if they're not doing some things to really make some difference in their lives, uh, they very well may become abusive in the in the future, and that yeah. might not be safe ground that's stable and solid enough for you to do recovery. Okay. When I know the facts, it breaks the conclusion and the emotional control over me. Facts give me a mental thinking direction which can separate me from the cycle of chaos and negativity and help me reclaim my own identity. It can give me permission to take control of my thoughts. Otherwise, people and circumstances dictate what I think and feel. This needs to stop. Next week, we will unravel this mess. Yeah. So next week, we're going to go all the way around this phase and want to tell you exactly what we got to do to unravel an emotional wound. Mm. And it's going to look totally different when we get to the end. We're not going to end up in that torment. We're going to end up in a really safe place of resting in the Lord. So read the scripture with me. 
The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Psalms 18, 2. Father God, in the name of Jesus, please, Lord, help us to recognize and release our bitternesses so that our wounds can be healed. Give us a safe place internally to develop a relationship with you and help us develop boundaries with those who abuse us and develop an identity in Christ so that we can know that we are children of the living God. Lord, help us to live as, as uh, not as orphans, Lord, but as uh, princesses and princes in the kingdom of God, as your children, Lord, knowing that we're seated in the right hand of a heavenly father, Lord. God, that, there, that we can ask whatever we will and that it'll be done to us, Lord, that we can come to you like little children and we can just say here it is lord help me we can surrender all to you god and that you're going to just you're going to draw us unto you and we're going to be able to be in a safe place hidden with you and we just pray this and we just thank you in jesus name amen amen, amen. Good. yeah so we just want to thank you for joining us this was the rocker recovery, rocker recovery. Uh, yeah <laughs> and we will see you next time uh, we hope that you enjoyed this.